0: Welcome back to There Will Be Movies, I am your host Benjamin Phillips and I am joined as always by Matt Waters, but I'm going to let him talk because I've not introduced what the show's about, because uh, we are covering 25 of our favourite movies between 2010 and 2019. This is episode 45, in which we are discussing 2018's Widows from Oscar winner Stephen Queen, his follow-up to 12 Years a Slave, a movie which we did not talk about on this podcast. Matthew,
1: yes. how are you
0: this, this morning?
1: I'm great. I I as I said to you last night, fun fact, lockdown 2 is about to begin in the UK when we record this, but by the time you hear it, I believe it will be over based on the dates they've given out unless they extend it. So that's that's good, you know, that'll be a nice passage of time. Oh god, good stress. It's
0: fine. I, uh, we're doing a nice selection of, like, relaxing movies over mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks,
1: so it yeah. should be alright. I'm looking forward to there being no toilet paper on shelves again because people are animals. And they like, well, mm-hmm. even though it's four weeks, I need, like, 16 <clears throat> packs for just me. We literally bought toilet roll the last time we were at the supermarket. Okay.
0: I am intrigued to find out what happens when we go to the supermarket again <laughs> on, like, Tuesday.
1: Yeah, we got some delivered this morning, and we, we did get some and it should last that whole time, but, like, yeah, I remember last time. Like, last time, did they say how long it was going to be? Like, were people like, oh, who no. knows when I'll next be able to get out, and that's why they did it, whereas maybe this time, because they've said it's going to finish in December. Anyway, this is our UK lockdown podcast. Yeah, the worst <laughs> The worst part is,
0: is that my, <laughs> mine and my partners anniversary so on the 17th of november
1: Aww.
0: and we'd like booked like let's go to a restaurant maybe let's go away for a spa weekend hmm. and then like nope. socially <laughs> yeah we've had to cancel like everything and so now anniversary meal is taking place on tuesday night because everywhere's going to be closed after wednesday
1: hey i'm sure you were flirting a couple of days before the anniversary was official i don't
0: know <laughs> uh i mean yeah we officially we started like seeing each other back in like the march of 2014 so. come
1: on you, your, your anniversary is months out. <laughs> um,
0: this is the, when we officially declared the date. Oh, that we come, were
1: on. Each other. come on. Come I, on. I don't know. I've always just been like, who can really say when an anniversary is? Like, not everyone even has the official conversation, so how do you even... Anyway, this is our, an- our anniversary podcast. Our anniversary <laughs> podcast.
0: Fun fact, I think we started officially saying we started dating each other after we saw Interstellar, a movie we did not discuss for this podcast.
1: No, we did not. It was... Almost in there, but... Eh.
0: <laughs> Chef needs
1: discussing, you know? <laughs>
0: 2014 was very stacked. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to talk about Widows. Not the 1980s British TV show that neither of us have seen, but the uh, the Steve McQueen version. The
0: Gillian Flynn, Steve McQueen scripted version, which... Mm. I mean, I, I fucking love how this threads both of their sensibilities. Um... <sighs> Yes. How, have you read any of the Julian Flynn novels? No. Or have you just seen Gone I've
1: seen Gone Girl and I love the fuck out of it and I wanted it on the list, but the rules were the rules and it was taken from me. I like Gone Girl more than I like a lot of the films we have on this list, but I, I, I don't like it more than um, Social Network, unfortunately, <laughs> so it loses. Yeah, but yeah, um, I did watch her adaptation of Utopia and she missed a lot of the point and made it a lot worse than the British version, uh, which is one of the coolest things I've ever seen, and the American one is not that. So I don't know what's happened to her writing in the last decade, or maybe that was just Fincher pulling her work up, but I, I yeah, haven't in... read her stuff. So Ben's Book Corner, what do you think of her as a novelist?
0: It's weird. I think Gone Girl's my favourite of her novels. I definitely think they get like progressively better, but they're, they're, they're all just... Very similar. Gone Girl, Gone Girl really bugs me as a novel because it has this very annoying conceit of not explaining to you what's going on with Nick Dunn, but Nick Dunn's <sighs> just like, I lied to my sister when I told her that. And it's just like, right, you can't just keep on Oh, is repeating it told totally in the
1: first person? Yeah. Oh, so, so like, So like Nick Dunn is like
0: internally monologuing but withholding information from the reader. And then obviously when the flip happens at the halfway point, and you get all the context, it then yeah. starts to come out like, oh, he was cheating on her and all this kind of stuff, but it just slow rolls out so much that it makes Nick Dunn seem so much more of a shithead. Well, whereas, he is a shit I, <laughs> I mean, he is a shithead, but it, it makes him kind of like, really, really unsympathetic, yeah. whereas...
1: but I, 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 And I remember this is what, like, Ben Affleck might not even realise that's why he was cast, is because he comes across as unintentionally unsympathetic. Like, he's not done anything well, that we know of at the time, but he's sitting there, like, smiling at this thing, and it's like, what are you doing, you dumb fuck?
0: Yeah, but, like, the book the book underlines it by having him yeah. internally narrate why like, he's say, doing this lying. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and it's like, okay. Yeah. Whereas Ben Affleck has just got this energy that, like, you're, you're suspect, but you're willing to go along yeah. with it.
1: So, we can't ever agree on anything. So, I, I do really like this movie. I think this is a four-star movie that's held back from being a five-star, because... I think they're making separate movies that don't blend quite well enough. I think McQueen's making a dope-ass crime movie with these badass ladies and a focus on social commentary and the black community and stuff, and I think Flynn is making a big conspiracy, like, spoilers, Harry's still alive type thing. And I think they come at the, I think they work hand in hand at first, but they end up I think the movie's momentum screeches to a halt after they reveal Harry's alive. Up until they do the job, and I would lose almost everything that happens between those two points. And oh, if that's... any of it's good, I would move it to somewhere else in the movie. I don't think there's that there's that much the movie though after you
0: find out that Harry's alive. I just What's remember the job. That sure, but I've. I mean, obviously, there's the job. I don't think there's much in that little stretch of the movie where like you say it, it like screeches to halt. I don't know. I'm. I'm still on the high of going to see this movie in the cinemas, and just having this like drop in the stomach when Carrie Coon opens that door and, and yeah, has yeah. Oh yeah,
1: a huge shock when I saw it, I was like <gasps> But then like I mean, maybe we'll just talk about it but yeah, I, I think <laughs> there is some stuff there's some like miscellaneous stuff that happens between that reveal and them actually starting doing the job that like, I think you could lose that and have a breezier movie, and I would say five stars, but as it is, it's like I think you were most of the way there, and you didn't quite get the way to to the full-on, like, five-star, I love it, I love it type thing. Whereas I I
0: am definitely out of step with the critical movie community, because I think most people are on your wavelength, where Mm. they're like, yeah, four-star movie, not seen McQueen's best... Very fun, very watchable, great cast. And then there's me sat there going, like, this is my second favourite movie of 2018. Fucking Mm. love this. This is, like, the most fun that I had.
1: I will say that I I think McQueen's filmmaking elevates it from, like, in general, I think his sensibilities elevate it from, because I remember when this, I saw posters, I saw snippets of trailers or whatever, and I was like, this just looks like the kind of pulpy, shit that there are, like, four of these a year that come out, they're come and gone, no one remembers they exist. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think he elevates it above that. And then I think the cast, which is fucking stacked, keep it moving when it gets a little bit too plotty or a little bit too slow. Um, So, like, even if it's material I would lose for purposes of pace, Elizabeth Debicki is so fucking good that I'm like, alright, I mean, I'm still enjoying myself. I think that's part of the fun. It's like, even... Like, there's actresses in this, like Michelle Rodriguez. Like,
0: I like Michelle Rodriguez enough. She's but fine. She, yeah, <laughs> but she's someone who gets bogged down in your Fast and Furious and your Resident Evils and, like, Avatar and the one season of Lost that she does that... Mm-hmm. Like, she feels like someone that you could probably get for a decent enough paycheck to do pretty much any movie. Yep. And this is probably... My favorite movie
1: that she's ever been That's in. It's probably the best thing she's been in. Um, I, think, I mean, I can't. That. I don't know if I could. Well, not better than All of Lost, probably, but <laughs> um, in terms of movies, for sure. Because I mean, this was her lane for a long time. Was like stuff like SWAT and before Fast and Furious got quote good. I'm still not with anyone on that one. But you know, like like these sort of dumb action movies that they need a tough lady, and she just steps in and does it every time because there was a shortage of, like, quote-unquote, tough ladies in Hollywood. And then they assembled a cast of nothing but tough ladies. <laughs> so, yeah. So, oh, and when did you see this movie the first time?
0: Was this, like, a DVD? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to, So, as I said, like, I saw all these trailers. And I was like, oh, that looks forgettable. And then, like, people started being like, no, 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 Widows is really good. And I was like, oh, really? And I think I, tr- I was trying to see it in the tail end, but, you know, didn't get around to it. And then, yeah, it was sort of, like... Day one purchase when it comes out and an immediate watch kind of thing and yeah like I love eighty five to ninety percent of it as well so I like I don't want to like completely be like oh I don't like this movie and I don't think it should be on the list I I really like this movie I just think with it like a lot of the ones we talk about I think with a couple of tweaks this would be like even better um, but you know that's that's me you you like all of it so we'll get into yeah, that yeah in <laughs> I do really like all of it I, I I don't know
0: what it was it was just. Yeah. 2018, at the cinema was like I th- again. I think I've said like one of the first years where I'm like watching pretty much everything that's coming out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's a lot of stuff that is clicking and I'm enjoying. But there's I don't, there was just something about the night that I saw Widows, and I was just like, yeah, I am 110 percent fully on board with what this movie's trying to do. Yeah, I, I fucking love this thing. Yeah. Uh, what's your relationship to other Super Queen movies uh, like?
1: I've seen Shame.
0: Have seen Shame? Because I really like Shame in 12 Years a Slave Uh as
1: well. I never bother with 12 Years a Slave because I I don't think it is that but it does, well obviously because it's made by a black director but like it did smack of the kind of annual racial Oscar bait movie that is actually kind of trashy but I realise it isn't that but I don't know, it just gave me that vibe when it came out and I just never got to it.
0: Yeah, I mean I can fully understand why you think because obviously, it, like everyone, when you see it or when you see Hollywood kind of swoon over it and it wins Best Picture and all these different things, you start to think like, "Oh, is this? Is this just Hollywood bending over backwards to, to pat itself on the back yeah. for, for doing this kind of thing?" Look,
1: we're not racist.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is—I don't—it—it it, it does nail a certain element of it all, and that's even despite the fact that the Queen is obviously a British filmmaker rather than an American filmmaker. So whilst slavery is a part of our history, it is definitely not as mm. richly woven a tapestry as it is in the States. But
1: am mm. surprised very- he's allowed to operate under the name Steve McQueen, to be honest. But you know.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it, it's very weird. Um, I'm very <laughs> excited to see what he does with Small X, the series that's going to be on BBC and Amazon.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, where he's done like five short movies, wherever it is, with Letitia Wright and John Bieger. I'm like, okay, Ooh. I'm on board, on board for these.
1: See you for that podcast. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I really love his style. I remember back in university, in like 2011, there was only one cinema playing Shame nearby, and I was like, right, I'm going to go drive for an hour to go to this cinema to go watch Shame. Mm. And I really like Shame. Uh, I, I'm intrigued why Fassbender isn't in this because obviously Fassbender is sort of his early day muse, where mm. he's in he's in Hunger, he's in Shame, and he's in Twelve Years a Slave, and then he's not in Widows. Um, yeah, feels like he was maybe he
1: should have been it instead of Liam Neeson. <laughs> Who outed himself as a weird possible racist during the promotion of this movie? <laughs> it wasn't this movie. it yeah. no, this one? Oh, okay. It wasn't
0: this one. It was the movie he did afterwards. Which, uh, okay. Like I, this would be so much more controversial if it was yeah. the promotion yeah. of this movie. Uh, the movie he outed himself as a man who decided to go stalk black people on the streets of Ireland
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: was actually Cold Pursuit, which came out about oh, four months later. Obviously,
1: yeah. I've, I've a mark on this movie. Yeah, imagine if it had been Fassbender and, and, you know, instead of the disgusting kiss we get at the beginning of the movie between him and Viola Davis, uh, what if it was Sexy Fassbender instead, but, you know, we live and we learn. Uh, thankfully, they did replace Jennifer Lawrence with Elizabeth Debicki when Lawrence was busy, so that was good.
0: Debicki is such a bad choice for this, yeah. especially because this movie lets Elizabeth Debicki be tall. Which is I know!
1: Something. I was like, look how many movies would, like, stand actors on boxes or make her, like, stoop and it's like no she's tall fuck off like right? and it's also I love it because it exposes how many of our icon are like beloved icons are tiny because she's not that she's tall for a woman for sure but she's shorter than me still and like but she just looks like she's nine foot eight or something when she's standing next to waitresses and I stuff mean, like I feel like any actor over six foot yeah oh yeah, yeah this happens for sure like Chris Hemsworth looks enormous and he, I think he's not even that tall and yeah, um, who's the other one? Is John Hamm one that looks really tall and he's actually not? But like, like so like, many uh, actors are like five, five eight, five nine, five seven kind of thing. Yeah, it's just fun. But yeah, like what seeing her she's basically playing in the same space that Lawrence plays in. But she's also then like doing it with I don't know, she's been quieter about it, you know? Like Lawrence became this weird you know, everyone was obsessed with her, and then everyone turned on her because it became obnoxious. The sort of public persona of Jennifer Lawrence. So you got Elizabeth Debicki just quietly, like I think she could do all of her roles. Quite frankly,
0: she, she does a lot of like fun, random stuff as well. Because yeah. obviously, she's in like The Great Gatsby, and she does mm. Man from Uncle, and she's got the really fun cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy. I
1: really too. need to see Man from Uncle, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> It keeps coming up all these people we love that are in it sorry but yeah yeah guardians yeah and
0: and... but then she'll also do like a valerian the city of a thousand planets and Uh, cloakful paradox and and a voice in peter rabbit where Mm -hmm. it feels like she isn't given some of the same opportunities of jennifer lawrence like she hasn't clicked in that way where like if she got the the austin do you think
1: it's because she's too tall (sighs) it's incredibly possible that she is too tall and hollywood are like we can't put you next to heartthrob number seven because he's six inches shorter than you and that won't play or what. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they let her be in tenor, which she's she's good in Tenet. that's okay, good. I mean, yeah, but that's Nolan. Like Nolan will cast, like, I feel Nolan gets to do what he wants with whoever he wants. Like, yeah, I, I think a lot of people have complaints that she's underwritten
0: in Tenet, but I think she does yeah. what she needs to do in tenor well. Well, of course well. he hates women,
1: but um, <laughs> um, there, I know there is a push for her to be uh, Bond. That would be really fun. <laughs> but oh, that would be fun. And,
0: but she still does TV, like she's on yeah. Light like, Manager.
1: Oh, and right, like, she's yeah. going
0: to do The Crown. Yeah,
1: uh, no. hmm.
0: Crown, Crown good, Crown good.
1: But isn't Crown also, like, massively Tory?
0: <laughs> Weird in what it's doing. Where Crown it's
1: like... romantic about, you know, Thatcher and Diana and this, that, and the other. <laughs> I am
0: very intrigued to see what. I don't think Julian Anderson signs up to play. A sympathetic view of Margaret Thatcher.
1: I would hope not,
0: or, or a wholly sympathetic view of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. This is our um, Crown podcast. <laughs> <laughs> coming, coming to twenty twenty one to the Real World
1: Network. Mm, fun, fun, fun. We are. We do have big question marks after twenty twenty one, but we'll see if it gets that desperate.
0: We need to wait for all six seasons. Yes. Right. includes Dominic West playing. It's Charles. <laughs> Oh god! Literal days after the news of him floundering on his wife, mm-hmm. Matthew. This, all of these tangents, what yeah. they don't add up to any amount of money. What money did <laughs> it, it make?
1: world's most awkward segue? Yes. So uh, we talked. We're talking about many 2018 movies. Not many of them actually made much money. So this one gets the distinct honour of being the the one where we talk about the worldwide box office for 2018. So at number one is Avengers Infinity War with $2 billion. Followed by Black Panther. Uh, followed by Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Incredibles 2, Aquaman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Venom, Mission Impossible Fallout, Deadpool 2, Fantastic Beasts. I know I haven't mentioned Widows yet. Uh, if I just scroll down to 83, just behind Vice and just above the Sicario sequel Day of the, of uh, Soldado, uh, Widows, eighty third highest grossing movie of the year, with seventy five million, just just short of seventy six million dollars on a budget of forty two. So they didn't. I'm, want... I'm going to say something uh, that seems high. It does a bit, but it also cost forty two million dollars. Oh, are you saying the budget seems high? No, no, no. Oh, I just okay. remember.
0: I just remember that when we. When we used to cover
1: some of these movies, Mm. we would be down in, like, the
0: hundreds for when you hit, like, a box of us. And I understand that, like, anything that makes over $100 million is, like, a blockbuster, essentially. Yeah. The idea that Widows is still in the top 100 highest grossing movies of 2018 Mm.
1: feels vaguely
0: surprising to me.
1: Yeah. 12 Strong, that weird horse movie, is at number 90. (laughs) Um
0: I mean, it made less than *Hereditary*, which obviously *Hereditary* is quite a cheap budget. Uh,
1: 79 *Hereditary* there. *Sherlock Gnomes* an absolute banger at 73. Amy Schumer's "I Feel Pretty" her remake of *Shallow Hal* at 67.
0: Uh, this is depressing. I don't want to re- relitigate the t- 2018 box office. Like just hearing Gen- the top 10 and like going like half of those movies are <laughs> terrible. Half of them I actually pretty pretty like, but like. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, Venom, Fantastic Beasts mm. and World are like my bottom 3 movies of mm. 2018.
1: Jennifer Lawrence's Red Sparrow at 48, no. Maze Runner Death Cure at 34, The Nun at 25, 50 Shades Freed. Anyway, how is Spider-Verse only 23rd?
0: It wasn't, like, a runaway success. It just made a lot of money, and the critical people like it. But I'm guessing... I would guess that movie just looks too weird for some people Hmm. to want to go see it.
1: I mean, it's still 23rd, and, like, you know... It's it's hovering around like Bumblebee and A Star is Born and, and all that It makes that less stuff. than Solo,
0: but Solo has the unfortunate distinction of having double <laughs> its budget because they had to make the movie twice.
1: They did have to make the movie twice. More on that coming pretty soon when you hear this, actually. Uh, whenever we decide Star Wars week is on Into the Real World, uh, you will get a podcast on Solo. Finally, I know very timely. Everyone's chomping at the bit. Yes. Uh, of that $76 million that it made in total, the UK gave it $8 million of that. So, you know, okay, I suppose. And in its opening weekend, it opens at number three. Uh, the second highest opening behind Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. <laughs> uh, Bohemian Rhapsody in its third week got just ahead of Widows. But then after that, Star is Born... The Nutcracker and the Four Realms, Overlord, Thugs of Hindostan, okay, uh, Johnny English Strikes Again, Smallfoot, and They Shall Not Grow Old are your top 10 in the UK box office uh, for that week. What a jump for They Shall Not Grow Old. It jumps from 19 to 10 in one week. I have not I'm heard guessing... of it. I'm
0: guessing. Oh, Days Gone That's the documentary that Peter Jackson did about World War One, where he recolored all the footage. Uh, oh wow. Um, yeah, but that's because if you look, they go from 300. They go from like 12 theatres to 378 theatres. Right. So, so it's just
1: a funny huge... what happens when you let people see things. Let's talk about widows, Ben. Let's talk about widows. Finally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like this movie. I don't know, like I'm.
0: I'd like a good heist movie. I do too. Like, I also like this movie kind of plays it quite straight with the heist.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, it's relatively simple, oddly. Like, they kind of plan it, and it goes mm, 80% as planned. Like, someone gets shot, but they're okay.
0: Yeah, like, it, this isn't Ocean's Eleven, where it's yeah, like... Yeah, And yeah. then in the third act, we reveal how we were actually two steps ahead of everyone else who was trying to subvert us the entire time. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, it goes off to hitch, there is one wrinkle in the fact that, as we said, Harry is alive, but that's like the only wrinkle I That wasn't really. what I was
1: calling the wrinkle, the wrinkle was that Elizabeth Debicki gets shot, but yeah, sure. I guess Harry being alive is a wrinkle, but she knew that before the end, to be fair.
0: But she didn't know he'd walk out and try and take the money. True.
1: Um, I'm just going to controversially say, imagine if that was the first time we knew Harry was alive. When he just walks in at the end, and then you could yeah, do some then... sort of weird like, is this even real? She was the only one there. Is this her letting go of her own grief? Like, uh, uh, who knows? Imagine if the dog just barked at Carrie Coon, right? But my in public, to that, and then my counter
0: to that is you lose Viola Davis. Well, you don't. You couldn't. You don't really lose Viola Davis losing it at the when she's driving away because you could leave yeah. as like she sees the the whiskey bottle, and it's just the same whiskey bottle that. Is at Amanda's house, yeah. uh, but you also lose Colin Farrell on a boat.
1: And I, I think that's a, a bad scene, and I <sighs> that scene exists purely to give exposition that was implied. To be honest, like it's oh, just like, that he
0: was working with.
1: Yeah, so it's like right, Harry's alive. Okay, whoa, huge bombshell. Genuinely, really, I think I said what the fuck out loud when I saw it, and then you immediately follow that up with, and now here's Harry on a boat explaining everything that's happened it's like i mean could we not have gone from harry's alive to then harry steps out at the end like i don't know it felt a bit like dumbing down that scene but
0: i mean i can see the argument where the studio is just like we need to have the scene in but then also steve mcqueen is so good that the the restaging of the the explosion with the the car is so yeah but i mean you could Uh,
1: have just packed that in with you know harry steps out to talk to her and you see that in flashback while he's talking or some shit I don't know
0: yeah fair enough but as, anyway. as we hinted this movie opens with a failed heist gone wrong yes uh, with Harry Rawlings and his criminal gang basically uh, failing at a getaway uh, yeah. a great shot of them like running away from from two guys climbing mm-hmm. into the back of this van and then just the cameras stationary, like watching everything pulling away. Yeah.
1: Is... Seeing the doors like flapping about and them chucking stuff at cars and like probably a fair amount of the money going towards this scene. Um yeah, and just warming up for the greatest shot in the movie and one of the greatest shots of the year, surely. Yeah, there's a a
0: review on Letterboxd, which I think is like all five of the top five best shots of 2018 come from this movie. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Like, no matter what, Sean Bobbitt and Steve McQueen are fucking great. Yeah, Uh, yeah, like, I, I would watch anything that they do.
1: John Bernthal continuing to get, like, a minute in loads of good films and, like, you're just desperate for him to be in something for longer than five minutes without being a terrible movie you know I
0: I really want to know like what his agent is
1: doing because his agent
0: is getting him roles in like Scorsese movies and Uh Edgar Wright movies and Steve McQueen movies and like he's always fun when he shows up but he's always like the one who will like fuck off after like five minutes
1: it used to be one of my only complaints about Baby Driver now I have two more um But yeah, like I was like, why aren't you in this more? And then like this, I was like, oh shit! And the husbands are like Liam Neeson, John Bernthal, and two other people. Like whoa! And then like John Bernthal gets to have a scene where he's like making light of his abuse, and then like, oh, he got away with so much because of those eyes. And it's like, okay, Alice. Like he he beat you, and then made fun of you about it afterwards. But you know, hey, uh, yeah, it's it's a good opener. Like you know, it, cutting between. A job and then, like, seeing them all with their, their wives while they're all still alive quickly, and yeah,
0: yeah, like, you get the sense of like the domestic life. I do like how this movie, like, does at the beginning manage to keep this domesticity away from this, mm-hmm. like, this crime life. Like, all of the wives are aware that their husbands are involved in criminal enterprise, but they also don't know each other, don't know anyone else who's involved in it. Like, yeah. Veronica has to go out of her way to find. Information about these other women yep. and and their lives and, su- and such, yep.
1: um, And you get that sort of awkward, like, "Hey, we should all know each other, but we definitely don't." <laughs> kind yes. of thing, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. So that explodes. Yeah. Uh, after the cops really, really, really overshoot it. Oh, they
1: shoot it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'll see why they did that later. But yeah,
0: it's it's an interesting one because I feel like obviously they've stolen two million dollars worth of money and they've blown up a police car, but that is an awful lot of cop cars
1: mm-hmm.
0: shooting an awful lot of bullets in, into the front of the car. And I'm just intrigued, like, do we get the feeling that Harry Rawlings is someone who is, like, killed in the pursuit of, like, what he's done?
1: Sure. <laughs> he sure does shove his wife down at the end, doesn't he?
0: Yes, I'm t- it's just well, he kills things.
1: his three partners, arguably. He kills them by cop. But, but
0: I'm just I'm just intrigued, because obviously there's the cop who's like, I'm so happy to see Harry Rawlings dead, like, mm. how are we going to identify him from his teeth or whatever? Mm. And I'm yeah, just, like probably. is is he a kind of like non-violent person who who plans it down to the the toilet breakers they say <laughs> who like these all go so well for him that he hasn't had any need to to kill anyone he's just so well known but they can't pin him down on anything because he always gets away with it yeah. or is he actually like a threat to human life
1: when he uh, does this I have, maybe the first one. Because then it's like, they're so frustrated with him that they're so thrilled that he's dead, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, they sure do shoot that van a lot. But I mean, this movie has a decided anti crop message, so, you know. It does, it does. Um, Yeah, a bit of a curveball to throw at you pretty late in the movie, that one.
0: But, yeah. (laughs) That's what happens. We get a great scene of of Viola Davis just kind of freaking the fuck out Mm -hmm. uh, over the death of her husband.
1: I'm thrilled for her getting, like, a lead in something so mainstream you know like obviously she's she does what she does with suicide squad and i i think she's back for the new one um yes yeah. she is back for the new so, one which hopefully is better and it's like you know oh, i wish i wish better for you you know i wish i wish you had this kind of audience but in something you're good in or something that's good around you kind of thing um, i mean
0: it's interesting she's managed to because obviously she has what six years seven years and how to get away with murder mm-hmm. as the lead role although i think they had like in her contract that she could go away and do other things and like wouldn't have to do all that much um i'm excited to see what she does now that she is free from a, a network tv show because obviously mm-hmm. even in the middle of like doing this tv show she has fences and widows she's going to be in ma Rainey's black bottom later on this year where obviously they're positioning her and chadwick as like oscar hopefuls yeah so she's not doing bad things while she's on how to get with murder but obviously a network tv show producing 90 episodes in 7 years <laughs> is a lot to ask of someone especially someone of this caliber yeah yeah cuz like she is one of the like the great american
1: actresses yeah she feels so. like one of those that's like hiding in plain sight kind of thing but i guess it's because of that like commitment to tv that's limiting the kind of roles she can take but yeah, obviously, yeah.
0: i i think her first best best actress oscar nomination is for the help yeah um and then after that she Obviously, does TV, and it's like, okay, when when are we finally going to get like the the starring vehicle for Viola Davis? And this feels like the first of those. Obviously, even in Fences, she is like supporting. Yeah. Well, well like I mean, obviously, it's a co-lead, but it's it's Denzel's movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And then this is like, even with so stacked a cast, like with everyone kind of pulling their weight in this film, this is still Viola Davis's movie. Yes.
1: For sure, yeah, yeah. Like, that's actually. I would argue that Veronica and Alice are the only two that have any real character to them, because like Linda is kind of the odd one out of the group in that she's sort of like, you know, she's involved and like there is a hint of the of her story there, but like she gets way less development than the others. Yeah, there's, there's, and there's even a even Bell they take- gets a little mini arc
0: over her. <laughs> literally a point in like linda's story where she gives over her plotline
1: to alice yeah exactly to... she <laughs> she hands her responsibility over yeah um and i then, mean you know that is probably the consequence of being the weakest actor of the group of women but it does feel like a two-hander of uh, davis and debicki for the most part
0: um, and then like all the men are just kind of like vying for
1: yeah whatever. we we have this like you know the the I wouldn't even call it a background plot because obviously the two are interconnected. But you know this this political race between Jack and Jamal.
0: Yeah, because that's obviously like where we follow up is like <laughs> we immediately cut from kind of people mourning the death of their husbands to we are now following Colin Farrell playing Jack Mulligan walking into Jamal Manning played by a great Brian Tyree H- Henry.
1: One of many like... people in this cast who I wish had more scenes, but you know how do you find room when you've got. <laughs> like you know, a murderer's row of a cast, yeah, and
0: and it is a shame because obviously Daniel Kaluuya is also here mm. uh, as Jatem, a, a great
1: first joke. <laughs> love you too, yeah. love you too. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, he is one of the best henchmen, or, or you know, uh, yeah. Henchman in in recent cinema like i feel we've lost the art of the good henchman in a movie where they they give all of this to like the main villain and um yeah but you could i guess you could try and argue he's the main villain but he's not he's like he's the muscle for jamal who's having the sort of legitimate front and just you know it he doesn't get a ton of scenes but like he's just got such a great energy to him like you know yeah
0: he is such a presence in every scene that he is in he is absolutely fucking terrifying. Yeah.
1: Um, Andre consider- Holland was rumoured for a role and had to turn it down. I wonder if it was gonna be Shatem, but I'm glad it's Kaluuya because, yeah, like... Him just taking over America slowly by, you know, get out Black Panther and this. It's like, yeah. (laughs) It it is a weird thing, though, because obviously, like, he gets an Oscar nomination for Get Out.
0: He's probably far closer than anyone wants to acknowledge to winning that award into early 2018. Mm. And then his two follow up movies are Black Panther, in which he is the secondary antagonist, Mm. or even tertiary antagonist in a lot of ways, because. I mean, he briefly, yeah,
1: he has a quick crisis of conscience and then turns back.
0: Yeah. Sure, but I'm. I'm also saying that obviously you've got um, Andy Circus, like, oh, okay, probably sure. the actual secondary antagonist. I mean, he's he
1: got a mixtape. To... That's that's a sign of true evil. So, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, and then and then this, which he is. I don't even know where you put Kluya, but I definitely think of all the guys, he is the one who like imprints on you the most. Mm,
1: like. like Him killing the cool kids is one of the coolest scenes I've seen, Ah, cool, in a very long time. Like you know them, them rapping in this little box, and then like him making them do it again, and like getting right up in their face, and the guy has to start over because he's like bothered him, and then he's like reacting positively and like making the faces, and then just kills him, and then tells the other one run, and then shoots him as well, and yeah,
0: and just the cameras circling, and it looks so good. It's a hell of a scene. And then, and then as soon as he's done with it, he, like, goes back to pick up his book. And then he <laughs> just walks out the room and just, like, deal with it. Yeah, his
1: weird little, um, like, whenever we see him sitting in a car, like, he's, at one point he's listening, he's, like, learning a second language on tape or whatever. I think at one point he's listening to, like, either political... Well, I know at the end he's listening to the, rat, uh, the, the debate, but, like, I feel in an earlier scene he's listening to either a political speech or, or some kind of something or other.
0: But yeah, yeah, uh, and I I love it as this little subplot where it's like, yeah. obviously Brian Tyree Henry
1: is mm. has has is someone who was involved in organized crime. Yeah, he's trying to go legit because it's a, it's easier money. Because like yeah, you know, they have that whole thing of like you know we make that much in a week, and he's like yeah, but like people coming after him have microphones and cameras. People coming after us have guns, and like this is easier money. And I can get my fingers in everything kind of thing. And and but also it comes from a point of view like he can get his fingers on things. But also there seems to
0: be not altruistic but like he does want better for yep. the people.
1: Well Which, yeah, we we have the you know, they have this little debate about nepotism and like elitism and like, you know, you own a house on in this district, I actually live here kind of thing. You know there are these subtle things about. Well, it's not even fucking subtle. Like Robert Duvall, went... Jack's father, I suppose. Um, you know, says you're you're going to be the first one in our family to lose to an N-word. Just like he is overtly racist. Jack, I feel, is racist, but in a less like he is he is like the modern generation of yeah, racist. And obviously yeah. he gets
0: that he gets the speech in the movie where it's like it feels, especially in 2018, where you have to imagine where in the production of this movie there's been a lot of debates going on and it does feel almost like the the big jack and and tom speech where jack's like i can't wait to see you die because i don't Mm. have to put up with your shit anymore and it's almost like we need to move away from the outwardly racist bad politics of republicans to
1: yeah the insidious sort of behind the scenes kind of stuff yeah like posing as like a positive force, but then, like, you know, actually being worse, kind of.
0: But yeah, it is interesting because obviously, both Brian Terry Henry is trying to go legit in this way, yep. Danny Killery is trying to better himself, but is also, there's feels like more rage. Like, he is, I don't know if he would conceivably want to leave it, but he's definitely like a, a string of bell from the wire type in, sure. in some ways, where it's like we should do this and be better than the way that we used to do it. Like, there is a, a more dignified way of doing this, even though he is willing to get his hands dirty and...
1: He does seem a bit frustrated he's not allowed to kill people, though.
0: He does, he does. He he has his little knife that he likes to stab oh, God. the guy for the mummy with.
1: Oh, that, is, that is a hell of a scene. Uh, yeah, and, like, he's also got this sort of... He is staring at Jack's aide while she's there kind of thing. And, like... I feel he's doing it to fuck with her more than he's like actually a sex pest or anything like that. Cause he's just sort of like, I think he knows that she's seen him do it. And then he just keeps and like, you know, he waves obviously at the funeral in a shot that was in the trailers that sort of went a long way towards me being like, fuck, that looks cool. Yeah. Just, and, um, you know, this dynamic between Jack and Jamal, where like Jack is pretty much like, well, I'm obviously going to beat you. Like my family have been running this district forever. You're, like, a first-time politician. Oh, it's smart of you to run out of a church, but it feels illegal because of church and state and all that. So, fuck, <laughs> this fucking debate again. He's from money, he's got all of the friends, he's he's wealthy, elite, all of this sort of stuff. Um, and, like, the the subtext of what's going on between these two campaigns throughout the movie is actually really interesting, and that it's kept in the background is actually quite interesting as well.
0: Yeah, I like that this movie gets into the weeds of the politics of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they get into, like, well, Robert J. character got into a fight with the mayor, and so when redistricting happened, he cut out an awful lot of the wealthy white voters who would have voted for him. Yeah. And so Jacks or Colin Farrell, has to, like, deal with the fact that he has got less of his base.
1: And that's, and that's probably part of what he's saying when he says, I can't wait for you to die, because, like, that's the kind of argument he probably wouldn't have gotten into, kind of thing. And, yeah, like, and, and if, you've if, handicapped me by taking away some of the the my rich white friend voting base. Yeah, um, politics is a world of compromise and yeah. you've cost me I
0: have to make more compromises now because you've cut out the people who would have voted for me and given me like a better majority. Yeah. Like we are no longer the Republican district. We are now probably a Democrat-leaning district, or however they want to. Yeah. I don't well, actually know whether or not alderman's run on a like a for a political party or I if think, it's just.
1: I uh, think. Yeah, I don't know, but Chicago, I think, is generally a, a, a blue city. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But if they actually are, I, I don't even know what an alderman is, to be honest. But.
0: Uh, but yeah, so, back with Veronica, she gets given a safety deposit box key by Harry Schaeffer, played by Gary Dale Hunt, who is an active wire door, and, and always happy to see when he shows up in things. Hmm. He's he's someone who, like, he's in 12 Years a Slave, and I know him better from TV, where, like, he is the original Terminator on the Sarah Connor Gruncles, where he was really fucking good, but he's also, like, does comedy, because he's in, like, Raising Hope, and he's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Mindy Project, and all these other things. Oh, he's
1: the dipshit in No Country, isn't he? Yes, he is. Okay, yeah, I remember, and you you talked about him then, actually, yeah.
0: Someone who I always really enjoy, and then, for whatever reason, he keeps on getting stuck on, like, things that I don't like. Like, he's stuck on Fear the Walking Dead at the moment. I'm like, come on, let him him do something interesting. And Mm. so, seeing him in this, where he's, like, an ex-NFL player who... Like has ob- is obviously suffering from memory loss because of like concussions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Again, another like just just
1: just, just quietly pack it that in there as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: who takes like oodles amounts of medication to kind of deal with this stuff. Who is quietly loyal to this family, and mm-hmm. I don't just just a lot of empathy in a performance that is like what three scenes realistically. Yeah. And they've got someone like probably a bit too overqualified to play what it is. Yeah. I think that's what's so good about this movie is that like every single person in every single role is potentially a little bit too overqualified yeah, for what for they're sure. Role I requires. mean, you got Carrie
1: Coon showing up like twice. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm sure that's availability more than choice, but. Yeah, I, you know, him, like, offering to get a second job so he can keep working for her for free and then she pays him by letting him keep the car she that uh, he drives her around in and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's a nice little character, but...
0: But, yeah, so she finds in this safety post box Harry's notebook, which has basically got all of his plans for any future cases and whatnot that he was going to do, including... How
1: convenient, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we also get some nice, nicely deserved, kind of, like, enriching of the other widows' lives, like... Uh, you have Michelle Rodriguez kind of dealing with the fact that her shop was in her husband's name and her husband had sold it to the bookies who owed him money.
1: They took the shop. I like that they didn't even know he was dead as well, because like that's what you could infer from it. Like, right, now we know we're not getting money back from him, we're taking a shop. But then it's like, oh, well, we were taking it either way, so fuck you. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we
1: also like you also get the wrinkles of like
0: the fact that Linda's mother-in-law is not a fan of Linda because she thinks that she dragged her son into, like, the, the crime world. Mm. And so she's trying to, like, steal the kids away. Which, again, mm. this doesn't really come of anything other than, like, a line later on in the movie, but I appreciate that they put the effort in to kind of...
1: I think it's part of slightly shortchanging Michelle Rodriguez, to be honest. Um, it feels like they just sort of cut some of her material because she's not as good as the others, but yeah, yeah. You, get the,
0: you get the early setup and then there's really no payoff to yeah, anything with yeah. Her. like like she gets her stall back at the very end, but like that's the only
1: for a second it feels like she's getting the last scene in the movie and then they they fade back up again, <laughs> but yeah more interestingly, we see Alice's mother is abusive as well um and pushes her towards sex work and like you know no judgment, but like don't push people into it, yeah, and then also like you're, shames you're... her for her like recreational sex life and stuff like that like
0: yeah, your your mother coming in and being like,
1: "Look at this website, they're so nice and friendly." <laughs> Look, they make more than you would make at a Seven Eleven in a month in a week. Like, you know, like it feels very like Chatham saying, "We make more than that in a week." I don't know. Um, and just firmly establishing, Alice is, you know, she was abused by her husband, she was abused by her mother. Like everyone in her life walks all over her, setting yeah. her up for her. Like, probably, I mean, Viola Davis is. A great actress, but like I feel the Bicky gets the most like character development in the movie,
0: um, and but it, it happens very quickly. It, it does. feels like it feels like it goes in like basically end of act two. She has had her character arc yeah. for the most part, but I I do enjoy watching her do it because she is very good and. Yeah. Like, watching her
1: manipulate all these men yeah. who she
0: kind of, like, <laughs> latches onto is so fun. Like
1: her I just like attitude. seeing her, like, quickly pick it up kind of thing. You know, yes. like, like, her first attempt at it, like, you know, she overpays for a van, and then the second time around she gets the guns, and, like, she didn't buy them in her name, and she completely conned some lady, and, yeah,
0: like... Yeah. She completely conned the lady. I really like the scene with the guy at the auction, where the guy mm. at the auction is just like, so how are we going to celebrate? And she's, she's like, just like... Mm. yeah and then obviously there's her her sugar daddy who yes
1: reveals himself to be you know starting out as oh the too good to be true client and then revealing himself as the generic like you know throwing his money around feeling he owns her kind of bullshit dickhead kind of thing yeah
0: and and we briefly very briefly check in with Amanda who is like she has a baby
1: sure sure if you say so yeah (laughs) Um, But she has to get the gang together because Jamal uh, rocks up, and I like his kind of non-violent but still violent demeanour when he barges into her house. Like, you know, he's not in any way threatening to hurt her, but there is still this sort of aggression about it as he's, like, picking up the dog and, like, judging her apartment and, you know. You owe me two million dollars. Let's go. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously he doesn't get to be threatening in an awful lot of the rest of the movie, but this is the like the one part where he shows his face in the kind of criminal transactional side of
1: yeah, exactly of this yeah. work. Like, and he's like, like they... I-, I like that he is grounding it in that I was supposed to fund my better life kind of thing. Like, everything I've done was to help me escape this and go legit. But if you've taken that, it's all been for nothing, kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, and. What
0: I what I really like is obviously she calls all these women mm-hmm. and is like, we need to do this this job that is in my husband's books because we all need money. I know that you're all suffering right now because yep. if, if it, I, I, even though she doesn't know them, she definitely has an understanding that obviously the husband's paid a lot of the way uh-huh. for a, whole, a lot of them.
1: And also you're all potentially in physical
0: danger. <laughs> but I think I, that's what I really like is she's still manipulating them because mm. there is no confirmation that anyone but her is, yeah. Yeah, and so she basically, like, lies to these women, and yep. there's no comeuppance for that scene, but she does lie to them, as just like, well, he's gonna come for all of you, and it's like, Well, no. I
1: feel she's doing that like, there is a hint of she thinks she's better than all of them, and it's when Belle enters the scene and is like, watch how you talk to me, and then, like, Alice gets more sure of herself as well, you know, like, that that this stops, and she gets, you know, she stops being a bit of a self-righteous so-and-so yeah she fully like is like i'm the smart one you all do what i say and like she establishes it early when it's like our husbands work together and it's like no your husband's worked for my husband kind of thing (laughs) but like they're not trying to present her as a perfect person who was like you know done wrong by a horrible man or whatever like you know she was obviously done wrong by a horrible man but like there is there are some serious character flaws to veronica as well and viola davis plays that really well i think
0: yeah, no, she, she is so good. She is so manipulative mm-hmm. in, like, a more subtle way. Like, obviously she's she's trying to do it because she wants to, to survive at the end of it. And she will give them cuts of the money. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like she's taking the money to pay off her debt, but she doesn't necessarily
1: need the money. She's just doing it so she can continue with her life.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, so do we think that Harry has set this up? Yeah, when, he was
1: like, he says, like, you were supposed to just follow the notebook. But isn't the implication you're supposed to sell the oh, notebook? Oh, you were supposed sell. to sell the notebook. Sorry, that was it, yeah. You were supposed to just sell the notebook. Yeah, I don't think he anticipated that she would attempt to... And she even says that, like, we have to do this because no one thinks we could, kind of thing. Well, no, she specifically says no one, no one thinks we have the balls for it. And because they're women, that is working to their advantage. Because, like, you think about it, like, especially with Debicki being six foot two, no one's going to be like, oh, I think they were women. you know, (laughs) and, like, you know, Cynthia doesn't get directly involved, or, sorry, Belle, but, like, you know, she's pretty built in this as well, like, she's got a powerful physique, and I think that's another part of this as well, is, like, it's nice to see, you know, unconventional female bodies, I mean, not, you know, they're all still relatively skinny women and everything, but, you know, like, Debicki is tall, Belle is, like, muscular, uh, Viola Davis, like, you know, seeing a black body on screen like that as well is, like, yeah, this is cool, like, seeing...
0: She's getting to be the action lead in the movie.
1: Yeah, and like, I don't know, like, seeing her, like, in a tank top near the end as, like, this, you know, powerful woman, it's like, yeah, cool. And I like that aspect. I mean, we've obviously seen Michelle Rodriguez do this kind of thing for forever, but it's nice to see but she plays an inverted
0: role. Like, obviously, she does yeah, the action she... stuff, and she's the one who does some physical stuff where, like, obviously, when they're running the test of like how much the money's going to weigh, which is uh, just a wrinkle that I absolutely fucking adore in this movie, yeah, yeah, where it's yeah. like, <laughs> I've thought of this in two ways. Here's the best-case scenario for how they're going to stack the money, and here's the worst-case scenario. Feel how much different the mm-hmm. weights of the money and are. this is why you've um, got to stack
1: the money smart and everything, yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, she is the more... Yeah, she's the, the, the more, more timid
1: more. one, yeah. She's a sort of just everyday housewife kind of thing. Um, Even though she is the one at the end of the movie who does take the shot. She does, yes. I guess that's your point. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know when they go practicing at the shooting range? I don't yes. know if it was just like, I was watching on too small a TV. Do they miss every every shot? Uh, she misses every
0: single shot, which okay. is why it's surprising when she when right. she nails the shot at the end. Whereas Debicki kind of doesn't hit the heart, but she right. gets kind of all of them in the torso area. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, look, I'm capable of things. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, like, it, it is weird when they do shortchange Michelle Rodriguez's character develop in some interesting mm. ways. I think there is just enough there. It just The cast is so stacked, it's yep. doing an awful lot of things that the little payoffs take a little bit of work to realise that they're actually paying something off because they haven't set yeah. it up in a way to make you apparent.
1: Well, like, just you know, off. when they establish the hideout, and that, you know, they're, they're reusing Harry's hideout. The dog is is barking at all of Harry's things. And, like, that's a subtle... Like, they don't tell you why that... I mean, the closest they come to telling you why that is is, you know, she smells something of his as well. Again, I kind of wish that the reveal that he was alive was even more subtle, because the dog barks for, like, a straight minute, and she stands right by the door and then walks out and everything. And so I think you could have made that slightly shorter, and it still would have been... It would have made sense, and it would have been smart if you were paying attention kind of thing. And then you can even still open the door and like oh shit he's right there but yeah it's a it's a nice little setup there with that
0: and so we get these kind of two scenes of them setting up what they're going to do. The first one in the spa where she kind of introduces them to everyone and then the second one... I like her one... intimidating that lady out of the room. <laughs> I like, just
1: keep putting more water in and like staring at her kind of thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, and then the second one at the actual safe house where she assigns everyone their roles. Obviously, yeah. Carrikoons Amanda doesn't show up so mm. they're down a person. And so
1: And you get these little cameos. Like Belle is like making little appearances before she actually joins the crew and it's sort of like... On one level, I kind of wish she was just a member of the group already, but then given the reveal they go for with... Carrie Coon was having an affair with Harry. I get why they did it. It's just sort of like... On some level, I wish she was just part of it from the beginning. But then, like, yeah, because you know. they, they do slow roll it, and obviously, she takes a little while. Like, she meets Linda
0: by chance. The fact that she's down on her luck and she's like working so many different jobs that she immediately gets home to her mum and her daughter, and, and she just the leaves
1: the room. house for an offer of twelve dollars or something like that. Yeah, for, for an, an hour's like, babysitting. <laughs> she sprints,
0: gets catcalled. She hell
1: on of a, a scene just... when she's running. Though, <laughs> I don't know if that's legit, but like, yeah, she sure does run. <laughs> She's so good,
0: and I don't, again, she isn't as ill-served as, like, Michelle Rodriguez is because she does get an arc, and she does get some payoff to this. Like, Mm. she gets to, like, pay off the person who employs her at the salon, because, obviously, you have the running subplot of
1: Jack Mulligan who's been, like, funding new
0: ventures by black women in the community, but they've also been asking for, like, a 50% cut of their profits. Yeah,
1: it's extortion. Like, And, you know, we shouldn't gloss over that because that scene contains the best shot in the movie with um, (laughs) when he drives from that rally back to his house and the camera is just on the hood of the car and we just see the entire drive while they're talking and, like, he's saying all this shit. Like, you know, we talked about the different way he's racist to his father and he's like, have you ever slept with a black guy? And he says, like, these people and stuff. And I I, I texted you, I was like, is the driver black? Because I don't think I noticed that before. And he's just having this conversation. While well, he's got his black driver there and everything, and...
0: I I love I love in the scene before this though. There's the guy who's like immediately stands up to him and is just like,
1: just what? talking over him. What about the five million dollars of overages and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, and just I mean every right. Colin Farrell. Mm. We haven't talked about him in a while.
1: No,
0: I think I think everyone kind of has decided that Colin Farrell movie star was a little bit of a mistake.
1: Yes. He should be someone you throw into your ensemble cast to, like, give it some flavour, kind of thing. Even the leading man roles, where he is... I I like him more than, like, New World
0: and Miami Vice. They're just weird movies. Mm. Like, Miami Vice is a weird movie. New World is, obviously, Terrence Malick. And then, obviously, then you finish off with In Bruges, where he's with Martin McDonough, and Martin McDonough knows how to use him very, very well. He's the best thing about Fantastic Beasts.
1: Sure, okay. (laughs)
0: Like, I, I... it's a low bar, but he's the best <laughs> I, I wish, I wish they had decided to go with him playing Grindelwald rather than fucking Johnny Depp.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought um, he was supposed to. I, that was what I inferred from seeing trailers for the first one is Colin Farrell as Grindelwald. But... Yeah, and then at the end he transforms into Johnny Depp. Why? <laughs> Why? That's a question that we've all
0: asked. Why uh, don't you just stuck... get Johnny Depp to do the first movie? Because like... he was disguising himself.
1: Why? Why? I don't know. He's no one yet, is he? I don't know. We can't talk about Harry Potter.
0: First movie's fine. Second movie is genuinely the worst blockbuster I've seen in, like, ten years. (laughs) Excellent. Um, And I'm so fucking excited to see Colin Farrell do Batman. Like, they've made him ugly. Like, Like, like,
1: unrecognisable as Penguin.
0: (laughs) But that's the thing, is, like, he he isn't a leading man unless you're doing something where you're making him a little bit off-kilter, like, a little bit strung out, a little bit, like... I think he's
1: gonna be great at that, to be honest, and I could see a world where he becomes the feature villain of the sequel kind of thing, where, like, you know, he... He pisses Penguin off in the first one, and then it's like, right, we're going to war in the second one. You know? yeah. Welcome uh, to our Batman podcast. Welcome to our Batman. We podcast. actually already have one of those. Well, I do, but you know, yeah, like, I'm not allowed to talk Batman on this on Man. this network. One day, I think you and I are just going to do the Nolan trilogy and say fuck it. But never mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Colin Farrell really fun. I love how he switches it from like. I like that his speech is actually pretty good he actually does kind of nail it Like, I was going to say, I had the note, he actually does a pretty solid job, because you think the way this is going is this guy's pissed him off into giving a quote that he shouldn't have given but he actually gives a relatively good bullshit politician answer but then, as you say, when he steps into the car and, like, <laughs> immediately just, oh, have you ever slept with a
0: black guy? And, like...
1: And the it's... DA doesn't answer in a way that kind of suggests yes. <laughs> yeah, like, should... Stop comparing your dick to a black man. is, yeah. is so like, good... But, yeah. And, as and you like, her kind of giving him shit in a way that we never see her do outside of the car kind of thing. Or we don't even see her do it. You don't get to see her ever really stand up for herself like she's kind of just mute by his side and when they're together in the car when no one else is around she unleashes and is like you need to man the fuck up jack and stuff like that it's just a nice little wrinkle to their whole dynamic because i mean she'll get you know she gets stared at by the shatem she gets absolute like horrible dialogue from uh, robert Duval later on when he's like you know get the door and stuff like that and you know your, Red-headed paperweight and stuff like that, but yeah, that's a cool yeah. scene sure. it's a cool
0: scene i yeah, just just the 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 hood mounted the fact that the camera switches the other side when they go to like the good side of town yeah. and just so much social commentary yep. contained in one like three minute scene
1: Yeah, um As I, he literally was... makes his appearance and then like drives back to this like it it looks like a completely different city, and like we know from the length of the car ride it's a minute away. So, like... Yeah. Like Steve McQueen at his best. Like, yeah. we haven't
0: discussed it, but like, the, the Oscar nominations for Best Director this year are not terrible. Mm. Like, it's actually a pretty decent selection of directors. Nominated for Oscars Al- Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, which he wins, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Pavel Pavlovsky for Cold War, Euros Lanthamos for the favourite, and then Adam McCabe for Vice is like the one where I'm like, mm, really? <laughs> we giving him mm. one of these for this? But you, the fact that you have three Best Picture nominees, at least, who all do really good fucking work this year, none of whom get a nomination, with Steve McQueen for Widows, Barry Jenkins for Bill Street Could Talk, and and Damien Chazelle with First Man, like all three of them, all three of them returning Best Picture nominees, two of them winners, and instead you decide to go like, yeah, Vice is <laughs> the best directed movie out of those three. Hmm. It's it's really frustrating because also none of those three movies Widow's First Man and Bill Street don't get nominated for Best Picture, and they are better movies than Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book and Vice. <laughs> but like we I need to hold my contempt for Green Book at bay. But the fact that you've got the fact that you've got a movie like this, which has got the pulp sensibility and also the race race commentary bubbling underneath it, and they're like, Yeah, we need to give it to the movie where the white man and black man are friends and it's just mm. like, Oh my god, fuck off. I mean, Black Clansman's up for Best Picture, and obviously that's a whole other kettle of fish in terms of like racial commentary losing to, to Green Book.
1: Fun fact, last-minute late debate about whether we should replace Widows with Black Clansman, but ultimately, Widows maintained its position on the list. But... Black Landsman's
0: good, but good Widows movie. is my second favourite movie of the year. Hmm. Yeah, so at this point, what? So Amanda decides to, to call Veronica now to, like, arrange a meet.
1: Yeah, she's just like, oh, sorry, I didn't want to get involved. I've got a kid. Like, no thanks, kind of thing. I Although mean, she doesn't even, even really picture the, mo- the 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 job,
0: does she? No, she's like, you, you, didn't, you declined, so therefore I know you're out. Like, you didn't come, yeah, so I don't yeah, think I'm going to be able to convince you. But I know that they're, like, introducing themselves, aren't they? But it also feels like this is the one family that she kind of knew. Well, and
1: that would make sense if... You know, Harry was having an affair with her. Kind of thing.
0: Well, that's the thing is, I don't know whether or not both Harry and Veronica know Amanda, or whether or not it's just Harry knew Jimmy,
1: mm. and like was introduced to Jimmy's family. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, like it feels a lot more friendly than certainly the quite hostile meeting with Linda and Alice, where Linda and Alice get on really well but they both are kind of like, Veronica's a bit of a bitch. <laughs> and then we also get all the setup up scenes for, for the
0: heist, but are there any particular favourites for you between like, Oh, when she gives them their homework. When she gives them their homework. <laughs> like, what's your favourite one of these? Because, like, is it is it Alice going to get the van? I think
1: is it's she... Alice getting the guns. Because, like, obviously she kind of fucks up with the, with the van. You know, you get some fun stuff here where, like, she's like, oh, it's my first auction. And, like, you know, even when she's trying to collect the money at the counter, like, she looks like she's too tall for it kind of thing. And, you know, not knowing that she had to get the van immediately and she can't drive. So <laughs> Veronica has to come and pick her up. But I like the gun one because like it feels like it's an immediate learning curve where she's like, right, I fucked that one up a little bit, and she's like looking around the room, identifies the only woman she can see, and then lays on the thick Russian accent and pretends to be like a you know a male or a bride, and she doesn't feel safe and like appealing to the like you know woman that wants <laughs> to feel safe from physically superior husband kind of thing. Yeah, the do- the daughter going like you always say a gun's a girl's best friend. I exactly, mean. and like. That might actually be one of the few, like, justify... I mean, I'm anti-gun, just in general. Why do we have guns? But if we're going to have guns as civilians, perhaps women having them because men are the fucking worst is actually <laughs> something to argue for. Um, but it is another sort of social comment. And, like, we established that she's Polish. Um, her actual name is Alicia, but she goes by Alice. Um And, like, yeah, just laying in this Eastern European accent and pretending to be a Russian mail-order bride. Like, yeah, it's just fun. And she walks out of there with three Glocks that she didn't buy in her name. So, like, if someone did try and unravel what happened here, like, not that they would find the guns, I don't think. I mean, well, I guess Linda shoots Tom, so maybe you could trace that one. But, like, they would go back to this woman that bought them for her. So, like... Yeah, she nailed it.
0: Yeah, and even then, like that gun is left in Harry's hand at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. um So what the scene that intrigues me? Linda obviously is given the task of getting the blueprints. Yes, and she goes. <laughs> and she, <laughs>
0: Are we talking about when she makes out with the yes?
1: The, is this an authentic? We're both in grief, and we're just both doing this. Because I was, like, expecting her to, like, have swiped something from him while he wasn't looking or something like that. But it seems like she just genuinely is like, ah, fuck, I fucked up. And they're both, you know, she's like, I lost my husband two weeks ago. He lost his wife four months ago or something like that, and they just have this, like, very brief passionate kiss and then just pull away from it. And I was just like, authentic? Question mark? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I fucking love that scene, because it's, it's so... well done,
0: yeah. It comes out of nowhere. It feels... I like, it feels emotionally honest when it happens. I think so, yeah. And it's just this moment of, like, this is someone who even un- completely fucking unspoken is feeling the same deep, dark yeah. like depths of despair that I'm feeling
1: right now. And they now. both have misplaced like emotion for people that aren't there anymore, and like, you know, just, yeah, this is what I miss, kind of thing. I don't know, yeah, I can't really put it into words, but I think the scene really works. I think that one's intriguing, for sure it's It's so interesting and like obviously it hints at like a deeper story for Linda,
0: but this is kind of really apart from her bonding with with Alice and Bell is her last big hurrah yep. scene in the movie pretty
1: much because like Alice literally being like, oh, leave them with me because the only client she's got so far and she doesn't seem like she wants to be doing this anyway is David who is like I don't actually know what his job is, but you know he is involved with like architecture and uh, he is eventually able to get the name or you know he, he get he comes through for them basically like he identifies what these blueprints are for where where it is etc 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 yeah he,
0: he immediately tells it's a safe house and so they be like oh great okay cool yeah. so
1: but like it's inter- you know that like she ends up being the most useful one of the group in some ways like you know she got them the guns she got them the van she got them the plans like yeah she She's great. We all love Elizabeth to be. Yeah, uh, Alice is great, and then obviously you have... Although she does get shot. but
0: you know. she, she does get shot. So yeah, so Jatem visits the owner of the bar where yeah. where Veronica <laughs> got the information from.
1: Yes, and, and is an absolute monster. like Stabbing him in the butt and stuff. I'm like, oh, you don't feel that, huh? <laughs> I'm like Kicking his wheelchair, kicking his legs, kicking his wheelchair when he gets back up. Or well, he, he sets the wheelchair back up and then th- shoves it away from him and stuff like that and like laying down on the bowling alley in front of him like oh horrible yeah. stuff
0: again like kaluya gets like three scenes to do this and mm. all of them are so fucking yeah. chilling and and kind of disgusting it's so and,
1: monstrous like, yeah
0: yeah and like he walks away from it and goes like you're lucky that i've got a no kill order but he still is just like fuck you fuck and he's also order.
1: like if this doesn't come through like an unfortunate act of God may happen or so You know, he's basically saying, I will kill you basically, even if I've been told not to or I'll make it look like an accident, kind of thing.
0: And it's not like like this guy, like Bobby Welsh, played by Kevin J O'Connor hmm. is even, like, hiding that much information
1: from him. It's just right. like, she's,
0: she's got a book, like, he would flip quite easily from the looks of it and instead he decides to stab him like six times
1: and also his demeanour when he's asking these questions as well where he's like why would I want to know that why does that help me and you're not lying are you no good right fine he just crushes this like it's such a limited role and he makes the most of every scene Um, yeah Um, but basically from this information they go visit
0: Bash yes uh, and you get like again the the other ring call where it's like he is this retired NFL guy who's got a Super Bowl ring and but he didn't like, win <laughs> he didn't win and they're like all these thugs know who Bash Babiak is and they're like oh Bash Babiak never won a never won a Super Bowl ring did he
1: no he did not and then <laughs> turning the TV up so that they can't hear him being assaulted and beaten to death, kind of thing. Yeah, Like he has this no kill order, but like, oh, maybe maybe he doesn't kill Bash. Maybe they just like put him in the hospital and then like send uh, the ring. K- but I Bash. I think they do too. But you know, just I'm just what ifing. Uh, yeah, they send her the ring and she doesn't know where else to go. Is how she phrases it. Yeah, so she she goes to Amanda's, which which again implies
0: some level of acquaintance with Amanda, I which is why so, she's not yeah. like too fussed with like her not being part of the being part of the event but uh, I mean obviously Carrie Coon this is like her second and last scene in the movie pretty much <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, acts very flustered obviously like she doesn't want Veronica to be there and the very quickly yeah. realise that the dog starts to freak the fuck out Yeah, um, at the back of the house
1: and she spots the flask or, or whatever it is and yeah and runs out of there crying and we open the door and Harry's alive and everyone goes what the fuck um and yeah, this is where I think up until they actually do the job, we lose a lot of momentum. But...
0: Okay, because I, I really like the scene of her going to visit Alice now.
1: Sure. And like, Alice where, finally like, stands up for herself when she hits her. Like... Yeah, and um. like
0: <laughs> and like they both, both both call each other the C-word. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is, is good and a very nice shocking moment at the end of this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: And obviously pisses off David by showing up and not being her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm guessing the thing that you don't like is the scene immediately afterwards with Harry and, and Jack on the boat.
1: Yeah, I, don't, I I think that feels unnecessary and like a studio demand kind of thing. And like, even if there are good moments here and there, like, you know, like Alice standing up for herself and like, you know, David getting a bit uglier and her saying it's my life to be ashamed or proud of kind of thing like that's all great stuff you could easily just move that around like we have like three or four David scenes we could trim that to two or three David scenes and achieve the same things you know Belle obviously joins the group at this time because they need a driver and like Linda has you know bonded with her a little bit from the babysitting and stuff like that and they start scoping the house, and it's like, yeah, this feels like necessary stuff, it's just, I feel the overall pace grinds to a halt around here, even if there are some good moments. That, like, I think
0: I think pretty much every single scene that they do from now on, though, feels like it's doing two things, because obviously... <laughs> yeah. because I feel like that
1: it just sort of loses a little bit of focus, like it kind of drifts back and forth a bit more, rather than this tight, dual narrative, um...
0: I, like, I think it's I, some of these scenes that I remember in cinema, like the big one of these kind of like post scenes is obviously and I can see why it kind of comes out the blue is Veronica going home, hmm. kind of dealing with the view of her husband being completely changed by the fact that he's potentially still alive, she hasn't had this confirmed but is basically pretty much there in her head that he is, yeah. and then she walks into her her son's bedroom
1: yeah, this bombshell that they had a kid that was killed by the police in broad it daylight is- For reaching for a box. Um, And, you know, the the line about, like, don't make my only... Well, she says, fucking me isn't going to make it better. You know, we see this play out time and time again, and men don't know how to communicate emotionally. And him saying, like, you know, don't make the only regret I had have be having a child with you. And he... Liam Neeson may be a dick, but, like, he crushes the scene at the funeral where, like, Mm-hmm. Just silently destroyed and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Well, I
0: mean, cause they've been layering this in the entire time. Because obviously, even yeah. at the original funeral, there are like flashes to this funeral of their son, where yeah. like she is incapable of like separating these two moments.
1: Yeah, and we know there's more to their marriage than like, oh, they were just happy, and he was like the criminal that stole her heart, kind of thing. Like, we know there is some f- tension there beyond. I mean, know, yeah, him as being as a calls
0: Alice calls her a cold C word. Yeah. Like they're all commenting on the fact that she is so stringent and wants everyone to adhere to the rules and adhere to what she's trying to say. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's just so much bubbling trauma under here yeah. that it's kind of getting in the way of her actually being able to bond with these women. Because like, I, I don't, is it trust issues? I'm not sure like what it is, but there's obviously like a level of.
1: I would really hope there's not a level of like if my. <laughs> if my son had followed the rules, he wouldn't be, you know, I would really hope that's not the case, but, yeah, I don't know, I I assume it's just trauma and, like, maybe never fully processed his death and, like, he's quite emotionally cold from then on, kind of, yeah. I mean, I've never been through this, I can't judge, but... (laughs) No,
0: but I, I do really appreciate all this, like, case setup stuff. Hmm. like because obviously you've got stuff like bell walking around running around the building and like finding where all the cameras are and like them finding out there's one
1: security guy and tom drops the quite depressing truth bomb about like all we're about is survival because you won't change anything and like that feels very actually prescient and he's ultimately kind of proved right nothing does change because jack ends up winning this election despite it seeming to go against him but you know he. He offsets that, obviously, with more racism and comments about people who can't stop having babies and, you know, the way that people talk about minorities in America and stuff like that, like, yeah, like, yeah. Again, like, even if I like some of these individual moments, my pursuit of movies that are shorter than two hours means this is the stretch I'm looking at and thinking, could we have moved some stuff around here?
0: Uh, I mean, that's fair enough. I do really appreciate this stuff. That's because I like set-up and rules and payoff and things like that.
1: Sure, sure, I do too. I, I love a good, you know... We knock over dominoes at the end thing. I just think you can do that and make the movie ten to twenty minutes sure. short. Yeah, it
0: is like they start to interact with a lot of people who they haven't been interacting with before. There's a lot of yeah. kind of like last minute characters that are thrown in. This is the first time that Veronica speaks face to face to both Jack and Tom. Yeah, you have Harry and Tom, or Harry and Jack having conversations. It like,
1: feels very much like we're just checking off some stuff before we get to the robbery. Which is pretty much where we're at now, isn't it? Where, yeah, like, yeah.
0: We, we have Veronica, like, blackmailing the guy who runs the security company because she sees their their van before she leaves Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, Matt Walsh is always funny, like, he's great on Veep and he's yeah. like, this will be the third time this happens, people are already looking
1: at my shit, I can't do this again. <laughs> this is the second time my company is, and <laughs> she's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, like, we talking about payoffs, like, earlier on, Linda, like, looks at her kid is playing with a voice box like a little cheap voice changer child's toy kind of thing and then they end up they've each got one of those when they uh, when they go in and it sounds so cool like this entire time <laughs> they do yeah but it's like it's this fun kind of DIY like i don't know like there are probably like higher end versions of these that like if you bought one a cop might be able to like find out oh, you got this, this is the only place you could get it from, and they keep customer records, but by using, like, a kid's version... Like, playing into that, like, they wouldn't consider women, they wouldn't consider housewives kind of thing. It, it yeah. feels like that kind of thing. And it ends up working in their favour, and they have the awkward standoff of the housekeeper who just sort of backs back into the room. Yeah,
0: and, and like, they have the comment, of like, isn't she going to call the cops? And you're like, he's not that dumb. Like, she's yeah. not going to, like, do anything because... Who knows what they do? They'll end upstairs. up a hostage.
1: she will end up a murder victim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: a heist is just good. Like, it is good. Yeah. I like good. the
1: codes upside down. That's a nice little.
0: <laughs> All the numbers conveniently are numbers that you absolutely yeah. could mistake for being upside down. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a good. It's like a low stakes wrinkle because like they've only got a certain amount of time to put the right code in after putting the wrong one in, and you know it. it it doesn't have to be as dramatic as they defuse the bomb with one second left, but it, it's playing in that same space, and it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, I do find it so interesting that, obviously, like, the entire movie is building up to this thing, and then it's not, like, tossed aside. There's still a lot of tension there. It, but It's like...
1: relatively easy. Like, they just sort of, they take down the one guy with, like, a taser, and, you know, they've got the guns to threaten him with, and, you know, they run into one housekeeper who just walks back in the code is correct, it's just upside down. It's not like, oh no, they changed it, oh no, we're all fucked. The money's there in, like, what looks to be, like, a relatively easy fashionable of it. And they end up just kind of running in and out, and the the only real thing is Tom (laughs) stumbles out, and it kind of sucks they all just immediately drop their guns, kind of thing. And it's so. I mean, I, 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 don't, I hope it's not going for, like, uh, when the women run into real danger, they all just freak out and aren't built for it, kind of thing. But, like, you know, they kind of all drop their guns.
0: It's what makes me think, like, the Harry thing is, like, obviously they're hardened criminals who are willing to kill at the end of it. But it does, yeah. to me, feel like all of these plans, they've got these guns as backups, but there's no intent to actually use them Yeah. yeah. in any of these cases. Like, she's doing this because she knows her husband very rarely gets into... Yeah these kind of scrapes.
1: And, like, and Belle so, draws away the security who are outside, kind of thing. It's not like they try and attack them. She, like, chucks a firework in a car or, or a flare or whatever. Yeah, like,
0: they're doing things that, like, street kids would do, essentially. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I do think it, it's kind of wild that the most physically capable one of them is sitting in the car, waiting. You know, like... It's because the hell can't drive. I know, but, like, Veronica can, and... But Veronica makes the rules, so she isn't going to be the driver. I know, but, like, like think, you've got think, this person who, if things get wild, has the best chance of the four of you of taking someone down, and yet you're leaving her in the car. And I know it's also sort of like, they've got skin in the game, whereas she's just kind of, like, in it for the money. So it's like, we have to be the ones taking the risk kind of thing. But it's just, I... I'm sitting there like, i mean. <laughs> I just find it fun that, like, Veronica has written down
0: these rules and everyone's got their assigned roles. It's like, there will be no budging from these rules. Like, we Mm -hmm. will follow this to the letter. Bell, you're the driver, despite the fact you are (laughs) able to, like, leap up, like, small small things, look over fences, do all these, like, impressive physical feats. I, I just like she's so rigid in her interpretation of all of this stuff that she will not change anyone's roles. Like, yeah. it doesn't even come up that Linda could be the driver in the situation. I know brings-
1: we don't even establish whether that's a possibility or not, but I guess she wanted to assign Alice the role of driver because she assessed Alice as being useless, kind of thing. Yeah, but then once she had to change it because she can't drive, it's not that I don't know. Well, Alice has to be involved if she's not going to drive, and then Alice is the one that. Yeah, it is Alice that, like, tries to wrestle the gun out of his hand, he shoots her in the shoulder, Linda kills him. As we said, it's that thing of, like, she missed all her shots before, she is the most sort of meek one of them, and then she ends up being the one that takes the life kind of thing. Um, Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, and then they... Get out of the house like they drag the the third bags. Obviously, Alice is unable to
1: yeah.
0: to hold a bag anymore. They get out the car like all the like. Even if the stuff with the money earlier and then having to run a distance is fun, it doesn't really have any payoff. It doesn't
1: because it's like I mean, it was like a flight of stairs and you're parked right outside. Like it's they kind of just run in and out. It, it's really I like how simple it is. Like it yeah, again, it, it, it's it, it's a it's a safe in a guy's house. You know, it's not like a this is a top security government facility with 50 security guards. It's like, you know, that's not
0: how it would be. (laughs) No, it is just like, he's got one security guard, they dealt with that, the police are distracted, that's done. The only
1: And they also do it, I like that they do it during the debate as well, because it gives it a soundtrack on one hand, and also it's like, yeah, obviously this is the time where Jack and all of his staff would be away. And, yeah. and
0: I just love how it concludes, because obviously it turns out Jatem has been following them this entire time, watching <laughs> their movements, and he's just sat in the fucking car with the gun pointed at and the And they were all just
1: left on the curb. And I was like, oh, well that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but then they just run him down and he dies really
0: easily. Oh, that shot is so <laughs> yeah. fucking good. Of them, like, ramming into the back of him, him turning around to figure out what the fuck's going on, losing control of the car, and then driving into a divider, and just, yeah. like, head going through.
1: term No giant, violent, like, epic standoff for you. Um, and then, that's another thing. That's what henchmen are for. You know, you have to have a big drawn-out thing with the main villain, but a henchman can just be killed real easily and it's fun. Yeah, great performance by Kaluuya throughout. Yeah, Kaluuya's, is so fucking
0: good. I actually need to go revisit my, like, Oscar, like, <laughs> the things I would nominate for Oscars and see whether or not I got Kaluuya for supporting actor because it probably should be on that list.
1: It, yeah, they should do... I mean, they're not gonna because they're the Oscars, but, like, there should be sort of, like, a actor of the year kind of thing where, like, you consider all of their performances together, like, who had the strongest year kind I of know,
0: thing. I know, I know some like, critics organisations do that, where like, yeah, they'll yeah. go, like, if someone has got two or three roles that they're really good in, they'll be nominated for both of those. Mm. Um, and then, like... Uh, yeah, well, who, like,
1: you are at you know, it's not who gave the best singular performance, it's, like, who was the best actor this year? Who... who, who was... yeah. Who did the best acting <laughs> and it feels like it's becoming increasingly common
0: like obviously yeah. they you you could sometimes get an actor being in two movies a year or whatever it is but if you're it feels like it's that thing where like you can nowadays with a lot of people being in like you can get a three movie
1: supporting role from someone and a tv show out of them and be like look at this body of work <laughs> yeah. That they've yeah yeah and then you get leo who makes one film every four years and like Kill himself making it <laughs>
0: yeah and you have to donate to like a a gre- uh, like a, a green charity for him to like want to show up and stuff like that
1: yeah well that's good leo's a nice person well Leo seems uh, nice.
0: terrible to bad with women good with there you uh, go. with environmental politics there you go that's men though isn't it uh,
1: <laughs> i i like that jatem is listening to the debate and like jamal seems to be crushing it and it's and like before that jack went and like basically was like Without saying I'm going to concede, he's basically like, I'll lower my spending, I'll be your unofficial consultant kind of thing behind the scenes. But then because of his father dying, he ends up in a shocking last minute swell of support, winning. Which is so fucked up. Like,
0: imagine knowing who you're going to vote for and then deciding out of pity someone whose dad just died <laughs> yeah. should get your vote instead. And I think that's just so emblematic of yeah. undecided voters in these kind of things. Exactly. Where yeah, I feel it, obviously... it
1: really ties a knot on that, like, social comment about, you know, everything stays the same and the the whole game's rigged kind of thing. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. It's a bit wild, but, like... Like, obviously, Linda uses a fake name, but they kind of just, like... Leave Alice at the hospital and drive off, kind of thing. I'm, like, I mean,
0: I'm guessing again. It feels like another bit of commentary in Chicago, where they're like, "Well, oh, they- it was a
1: drive-by." Okay, sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was a drive-by. Like th- these happen often enough that, like, we can pretend that. Like, this, this is an unrelated thing. Like there's Two enough-
1: women dressed all in black? Not suspicious. Look at her. She's a big Bambi woman. She couldn't do anything bad. <laughs> the fact that they're going to come from the same
0: place as well, or like, the same relative direction as, like, presumably a dead body in a, in a few minutes or whatever once <laughs> yeah. they find Tom's body. Like, but it's an hey, interesting one. But, yeah, so it they leave them big. there. Bell and Veronica head to the safe house. I'm, what is the kind of the look between Belle and Veronica here what do you kind of
1: (laughs) take your money and go kind of thing
0: yeah I just I don't know whether there's anything deeper there if it is just kind of like right our transactional relationship is done and this is Veronica kind of being the cold steel hearted like once this is over I'm never talking to any of you again
1: I think she can't bring herself to be like sorry I was a bitch so she's just sort of like it's sort of a nod of like cool thank you for helping bye now bye forever (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah but yeah it turns out Harry wants to steal at least a million dollars I think of the money that's left mm. to to pay off mulligan about like his his fake death their,
1: their silent standoff is really powerful like for a few seconds they're just sort of looking at each other and then they follow that up with a not silent you know like you know your new white happy family kind of thing yeah like, liam is good is good in this
0: moment, like he's like I couldn't figure out how to fix us. I could fix me, yeah, so
1: like, and it's like it's so harsh but also kind of makes sense. Like, you know, if you know, there's no if, point if in I've, both drowning if you can save
0: yourself. Like, if, if I've got the option to do something that's gonna make me happy, start a new thing, yeah. like, but even then, there's like the fucked up politics <laughs> of the or It's like with my white son, my son isn't in danger of being mowed down by the police uh-huh. in the street,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, like I have the privilege in my life to escape from
1: this, from you. True. Like yeah. just this, just this weird. I can gross. get out whenever I want, kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that is something that like it does get aimed at people. You know, the the debate about like interracial relationships, like that the the white participant can walk away at any time. You know, they're not permanently part of. They're not a permanent ally. Is, well, is really... Yeah, they're
0: not a permanent ally, but I was going to say, like, you've got the whole thing where, like, obviously white women quite often get tarred with being race traitors and stuff like yeah, that from yeah, certain yeah. groups of it. Whereas I don't think the same thing would happen to a man in the same way. Like, there nope. is definitely a hemminent sexism to. Oh, yeah. Women who sleep with with people of color and black people. Yeah,
1: um, well, like the the women have been fetishized and like the you know the men are predators. And, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, um, it's all gross. Uh, <laughs> it's
0: Harry because she's got the gun on her. And when when he turns around to shoot her, she puts the gun that kills Tom in his hands, basically yeah. setting up as like.
1: Yeah, police get a neat little bow of like, oh, Harry was still alive and he pulled this last job, and you know.
0: I know, know, maybe, the money maybe she leaves some of the money behind I'm not sure or yeah. like just something to make it or obviously it's just something that's gone yeah. wrong
1: I like the little wrinkle he calls her Ronnie every single person in the movie calls her Veronica and he calls her Ronnie, kind of thing. Like, he's the only one that can humanise her in any way, kind of thing. But then he's obviously one of the biggest monsters in the movie.
0: Yeah, um, and then we just get these kind of, like, sequential little bow-wrapping scenes. Like, yep. Linda gets her store back and obviously looks around and sees all this damage that's done. Like, mm. I, I hate the, the look on the window. It's like, what is the point of doing that to a window when you're like you're, you're leasing a store? And, like, we'll just cover up with this stuff and then remove it later.
1: mm um, and, then, yeah. and it's almost this sort of thing where, like, she might end up using all of the money, like, blowing her share just to get a store back that maybe doesn't even do that well, you know, like, but yeah. it's like, but this is what she wants for herself, kind of thing. Belle leaves the cash with her friend, and... Like, she's given her friend some money, but it's like, I'm I'm getting out of And her. she's I, with I, her daughter instead of, like, leaving her with her mother, kind of thing. and And then you end up with, like, Alice and veronica spot each other in a diner and it kind of seems like it's just gonna be left with a knowing look veronica sort of slides some money to a school to rebuild yeah sort of like we
0: haven't even touched on the fact that she's part of the teachers union and <laughs> like ask for a school to be built the name of her son but then yeah she sees alice leave
1: and so veronica kind of follows her or like th-
0: th- it cuts away to them having both left and
1: this feels like... They sort of smile at each other, and it's like, you know, her trying to actually open up, and like, maybe Alice is going to be her friend now, and like, this is her first actual friend since everything happened.
0: There was just something about this movie that when I watched it, I was like, this is fully clicking for me. Like, everything Mm. it's trying to do with its social commentary, with its, like like from from the vein of feminism that is going through through this the the racial commentary to the to the hell the the like um economic commentary that it's doing like it yeah. just clicks for me and at the same time it's just a pulp heist movie with good actors putting the time in to do the work like mm-hmm. the fact that we don't don't even acknowledge that like academy award nominee jackie weaver plays Alice's mum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, there isn't even time, really, to touch on the fact that that is... Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because if you consider that Jennifer Lawrence was written for Debicki's part, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think all the ingredients are here, and... We pretty much nailed the final recipe, but like, there's just a couple like something was it, left on the boil was, too long, like yeah, one it part looking touch,
0: look and touch and go. Like, cut ten minutes out of it, make it a dead two hours kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I just I feel, <laughs> I, I just do not like this trend of every movie having to be two hours. Like, especially something like this. Like, I don't think this needs to be two hours. Given that it's fundamentally a heist movie, like. But, you know, I again, like, the cast are so strong that even in scenes where I'm starting to feel the lag, I'm like, well, look at Elizabeth Debicki continuing to crush it. Like, look at Viola Davis continuing to crush it. Look at what a welcome present Cynthia Erivo is. Like, it's great. It's great. I'm not, I I am in no way trying to do one of the ones where it's like, well, you like it and I don't, but we'll still talk about it. Like, I, I think I, at one point, this was down as a me pick, just because you'd run out of picks kind of thing. And we've we've changed it to a both, but yeah, I just think it's a movie that I really really like. That I think I would have really really loved if they just massaged a little bit of stuff. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I I'm just
0: excited that like I, we haven't been referring to him as a proper title either. Sir Stephen McQueen, he was knighted this year
1: oh, yeah, uh, for a film.
0: The, the fact that he is willing to go from prestige drama. 12 years a slave and then follow up and do this like heist movie. Like I yeah. like when he isn't stuck in the kind of the stuffy world of a lot of yeah. other filmmakers and stuff like this. And I'm so excited to see what small acts looks like. And it is a shame that an awful lot of our great black filmmakers, because mm. Barry Jenkins is also following up Bill Street with uh, a television show are being put into television, presumably because it gives them a little bit more creative control. Yeah. I mean, we'll discuss Barry Jenkins next week and what his follow-up in the film world to Bill Street's going to be, but that's a fucking wild move that makes absolutely no sense on the face of it. Um, yeah. yeah, like the fact that we're, we're putting these directors who are so good and kind of forcing them onto TV is interesting in the fact that it gives them the creative freedom,
1: but... Like, can't all be Jordan Peele. <laughs> can't all
0: be Jordan Peele. But even then, he's doing TV as well at the same time.
1: Yeah. But I feel Twilight Zone is something that, like, that would be a passion project for him, because he grew oh, up yeah. on that kind of thing. But, yeah, sure. no, no, for sure, I, I agree. But I also like, I, I would like it if more overqualified people made what, on the surface, should be schlocky bad movies and ending up making them way better because they, <laughs> they're so overqualified I for I mean, it. I'm guessing
0: it's the same thing as, like, Edgar Wright, isn't it? Well, like, Edgar yeah. Wright... Is, I mean, obviously he's only really done schlock, he hasn't really done like anything that could be conceivably up for Oscars in the same way, but like yeah. Baby Driver is that kind of thing, where it's like, he has got a cast that are more talented for this kind of thing than is needed, yeah. but it's obviously, and, and hell, I Tarantino is probably the ultimate example of it, where it's like, let's get good actors to do something which is so fundamentally derived from like 50s B movies mm-hmm. and whatnot whether or not you agree with like what he does with <laughs> it. And obviously this has got more serious aspersions than a lot of Tarantino stuff where he is at least attempting to be funnier mm-hmm. or more overtly funny and referency in this kind of thing. Whereas Widows and over he's the got the top
1: and yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Whereas this is this feels like it's it's skewed more prestige drama than Schlock, but it is still yeah. Schlock at the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Yes. Uh, but again we are we are forced to go into blind movies for Matthew. Um, have you seen Moonlight?
1: Uh, no.
0: You haven't seen Moonlight, right. So you've seen neither of the the kind of the Barry Jenkins movies. I was sort
1: of shocked you picked Bill Street over Moonlight, and I assume that is because you think I would like Bill Street more than Moonlight.
0: Uh, and because I don't want to cover a Best Picture winner until we get to our uh, final episode. Of course,
1: of course. Uh, I mean,
0: Moonlight's great. Mo- Both of his movies from the 2010s are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And Moonlight is probably one of the most uncontested, acclaimed Movies of the decade. Yeah, but I want to shine some light on Beale Street, which again is like Widows, where it's like this director has a undeniable movie that most people say is better than this one, mm-hmm. but I have a soft spot for what Bill Street does.
1: <laughs> and we stan Regina King. So. And we stand
0: Regina King. I mean, this gives us an excuse to do both of the leftovers leading ladies, or Correctly. two of the leftovers leading ladies in a row.
1: There you go. Uh,
0: but yeah, so next week we're doing if Bill Street could talk. But before we close out here, Matthew, mm. will there be movies?
1: Uh, it will seem like there are movies, but then like halfway through, it will reveal that the previous movie is still going on. So we'll start <laughs> watching Beale Street, and then suddenly, Widows will continue in the middle of it. Yeah. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye. <laughs>